0: Summer. Even there was a violent thunderstorm, and a a mother was tucking her small son into bed. And uh, you know he was nervous as the lightning flashed and the, the thunder rumbled, and he looked up with those sad little eyes and he said, "Mommy, will you sleep with me tonight?" And she looked down with her. Her heart kind of breaking, just knowing that she had to disappoint the boy. And she said, I can't, dear. I-, I have to sleep in daddy's room tonight. And after a long silence, the little boy summoned up the courage and said, the big sissy. <laughs> a minister was walking down the street one day in a, in a small town, and he kept upon a group of about a dozen boys, all of them between the ages of 10 and 12. And... The group had surrounded the dog, and the minister was a little nervous about this because he thought maybe these boys might be wanting to hurt the dog. And so he walked up on them, and he said, um, what are you doing to that dog? One of the guys said, well, this is just the old neighborhood stray, and really we all want to take him home, but only one of us can keep him. So what we decided was, whichever one of us could tell the biggest lie is going to get to take him home to be ours. Well, the minister was appalled. He could not believe this. And so he looked at these boys and he said, Don't you know that you should not be lying? Lying is sin, and that's something that you shouldn't do. And he went into about an hour-long sermon at these boys about lying. And he finished with, Well, when I was your age, I never even told a lie." And the boys got real silent thinking he was fixing to start again. And one of the boys said, all right, get him the dog. <laughs> the woman was at work when she received a phone call. Her daughter was very sick with fever. She left work and she stopped by the pharmacy to get medication. But when she got back to her car, she realized that she had locked her keys in the car. This was before cell phones. Before anything else, before paying her, she didn't know what to do. So she went in the store she called home and told the babysitter what had happened. the babysitter told her that the fever was getting worse. And so she panicked and she said, her babysitter said, you might find a coat hanger and use that to open the car door. And so the woman looked around and, and she found an old coat hanger that had been thrown on the ground. And it was rusty and it was out of shape and possibly someone else had used it to unlock their car. And then she looked at the hanger and she got to the door and she said... I don't know how to use this. And she stopped and she said, God, God, please, please show me. Send me somebody to help because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this to my daughters at home and I want to get to her. And about that time, this old, old, very beat-up pickup truck in about five minutes pulled up and a dirty, greasy, bearded man got out He was wearing a biker skull rag on his head. And the woman thought, this is what you sent to help me? But she was desperate. So she walked up and got in his car. She said, my daughter, he said, can I help you? She said, my daughter's sick. My keys are locked in the car. I need to get home to her. Can you use this hanger and unlock my car? And he said, sure. And he walked over in less than a minute. He had unlocked the car. The door was open. She hugged the man through her tears. And she said, thank you so much. You're a very nice man. And he said, lady, I'm not a nice man.
1: I just got out of prison
0: today. I was in prison for car theft and only been out for about an hour and the woman hugged the man tighter and she said, thank you, God, you sent me a professional. <laughs> you may be wondering what this has to do with preaching a sermon. It's been a long four months. Our world has been turned upside down. We can't make decisions because things coming out of the government and are changing daily. We don't know what to do. We're frustrated. We're exhausted. We we find ourselves arguing over stupid things. Just little things. We argue over a piece of fabric. I've seen relationships destroyed over a piece of fabric. It's a piece of fabric. Does it matter? It's a piece of fabric. In the long run, that's all it is. But it's become this simple. and, And we find ourselves now in the midst of all of this. And, and as I was praying this week and, and going through files, both my own files and church files and everything else, I came across this sermon that I had done 14 years ago. And I said, no, God, that's inappropriate. <laughs> and then I had three different people this week say the same thing to me. So I was like, okay, God, I get your point. Proverbs gives us some advice. I love Proverbs because it is practical advice to real-world problems. Now, there are some that some people don't like, like, it is better to live on the corner of the roof of a house than to share the house with a quarrelsome wife. Some people don't like that proverb. It's the truth. But people don't like it. But Proverbs gives us all of these little nuggets of wisdom. And today, it gives us some advice, a way to heal ourselves of this affliction we seem to be having, this affliction of exhaustion and frustration. And one verse there in Proverbs 17.22 shows us how to become whole again in the face of exhaustion. Because in Proverbs 17.22 it says, A merry heart do with good like a medicine. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. Sometimes we've got to relax. Sometimes we have to smile. Especially in worship. You know, there are humorous things that happen in church. There were three boys standing around the schoolyard one day bragging about their dads. You know how guys are about their dads, right? Because dads, their are heroes. So the first boy says, Oh, my dad... Scribbles a few words on a piece of paper, he calls it appointment. they give him $50. Hmm. Second boy says, That's nothing. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper, he calls it a song, and they give him a hundred dollars. The third boy says, Ha! I got you both of me. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper, he calls it a sermon, and it takes eight people to collect all the money. <laughs> members of take to change a light bulb. What do you mean change? That light is given to me my grandmother. My father installed it with his bare hands. He donated his time and the use of his ladder to do it. My family's been members of this church for four generations. If you think you're going to come in here and make a bunch of changes, all of a sudden, Pastor, you got another thing coming. Is that the truth? That's the truth? One Sunday, a pastor told his congregation of a financial need. They needed some extra money. And he asked people to prayerfully consider giving a little extra in the offering plate. And he said that whoever gave the most would be able to pick three hymns. After the offering plates were passed, the pastor glanced down and noticed that someone had placed a $1,000 bill in the offering plate he was so excited. He immediately, not thinking, shared his joy with the congregation. He said he'd like to personally thank the person who put that in the offering plate. And there at the back sat Rosie. The little old lady shyly raised her hand, saying it was her. The pastor asked her to come to the front, so she did. She slowly made her way to the pastor, and he told her how wonderful it was that, she gave so much. And in Thanksgiving, he asked her to pick out three hymns, and her eyes broadened. She had a great big smile she looked out over the congregation and she pointed to the three most handsome men in the building and said, I'll take him and him and my. <laughs> One day, God was looking down to earth and he saw all the evil that was going on. We got that going on, right? He decided to send an angel down to check it out. So he called a female angel and he sent her to earth for a time and when she returned, she told God, yes, it's bad. It's 95% bad and 5% good. And God went, well, well, maybe I need to send a male angel down just, just to be sure to get both points of view. And so he called a male angel and he sent her to earth for a time and when the male angel returned, he went to God and he said, yes, the earth is in decline. It's 95% bad and 5% good. And God said, that's not good. 5% that they were good and encourage them and tell them something to help them keep going. You know what the letter said? Oh, you didn't get one either. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs tells us that a joyful spirit affects every part of the human person. Every part of us is affected by the joyful spirit that we have. It lightens our load. We won't spend as much time tired or sick or exhausted. I can't tell you how many times people have walked into my room if I've been sick somewhere and went, are you sure you're sick? I remember one time I was in Howard Payne. I was a sophomore, junior, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Went home to see mama and I was sick that day. I was sick, sick. I had a fever. I didn't feel good. I was sick. And so they sent me up to the doctor's office. And I went to the doctor and he heard my symptoms and he didn't ask where I'd been or anything else. He just assumed because there had been meningitis in the town that I probably had meningitis. I need to go to Wichita Falls and get a spinal tap. I called my mom a crime because I mean not meningitis. I'm going to die. I mean, I was 19, 20 years old. I just knew my life was over and it hadn't even started yet. And got to Wichita Falls. I'm sitting there with mom walks in and we just start talking like me and my mom always did and we're just rolling laughing and the doctor walked in and he went, there ain't no way you have (laughs) meningitis. You you, you couldn't do that if you had meningitis. Truth is, when we feel the weight, we feel weighed down. When we have a joyful spirit, it begins to change things. laughter, happiness, relaxation, all affects the way that our body acts and survives. It releases endorphins. You know, God doesn't say these things on accident. God doesn't come in and say this just because, hey, something good to say. He says it for a reason. Because when we have a joyful attitude, things begin to happen. Happier people live longer. Happier people are healthier. There was a man by the name of Norman Cousins back in the late 70s, early 80s. And he was diagnosed with an incurable disease. The doctors told him there was nothing they could do. It was just done. It was over. Well, he went and rented a projector. That's how I know it was back in the 70s or 80s. It was a projector. And he went and took every Abbott and Costello film he could find. And he watched them on the loop for days. When he went back for his follow-up, the doctor said, we can't find any trace of this disease that just a week ago was going to kill you." He had spent an entire week laughing, and he himself with, with an uplifted spirit and something happened. And so he now is in charge of what he used to be. This is a long time ago. Psychoneuroimmunology. That was a new branch of medicine that was discovered because of him. And it all was about how our attitude affected the way our bodies work. God doesn't do anything by accident. When he says that a joyful spirit will affect us, he means it. Much of what God says has a dual importance. There's something there. It's no coincidence that the truth of the Bible is being proved out in practical life. One of the things that I love about the Bible is you read the laws, and we're so thankful we don't have to follow the laws. But did you know that the Jewish people were largely untouched by every plague and pandemic in history? Because they follow the biblical laws, because God's laws weren't simply about being holy; they were about being set apart. They were about physical things they could do. And so, sometimes when we get to this kind of place in our life, we have to laugh at the way the world works around us, from keep from being angry or crying about it. There was a little boy who wanted a hundred dollars very badly, and he prayed for two weeks to God. He would say, "God." Please send me a hundred dollars. And so finally, when he didn't get it, he decided to write God a letter, requesting a hundred dollars. And when the postal authorities received the letter and said God USA, they decided to send it to the president. The president was so impressed and touched and amused that he instructed the secretary to send the boy five dollars. The president thought this would appear to be a lot of money to the little boy. The little boy was delighted with the $5. And immediately, he sat down to write a thank you note to God that read, Dear God, thank you very much for sending me the money. However, I noticed that for some reason you had to send it to Washington, D.C. And as usual, those devils looked up with $95. You know, Adam and Eve had the perfect marriage. He didn't have to hear about all the men she could have married, and she didn't have to hear about how well his mother cooked. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes there's the humor that those things that never happen. You know, there are things we never hear in church. Things like, hey, it's my turn to sit on the front (laughs) pew. You're laughing at that. Why? Uh, Or I was so enthralled, Pastor, I never noticed when your sermon went 25 minutes over. Or that, personally, I find witnessing much more enjoyable than golf or basketball.
1: You know, I volunteer to be the permanent
0: teacher of the junior high Sunday school class. (laughs) Don't tell Barry this one. I love it when we sing songs we've never heard before. (laughs) Or, how about, since we're all here, let's start worship early. Or, here's my favorite are in the Bahamas this summer. I, I just thought, going out there is an idea. Or, nothing inspires me and strengthens my commitment like our annual stewardship campaign. Mr. Johnson was a businessman from Wisconsin. He went on a business trip to Louisiana. He immediately sent an email back home to his wife, Jennifer, who was Jen Johnson at AOL.com. Unfortunately, he forgot his wife's exact email address. And the email ended up going to a Mrs. Joan Johnson, J Johnson, at AOL.com of New Jersey, the wife of a preacher who had just passed away. The preacher's wife took one look at the email and probably fainted. When she was finally revived by her daughter, she nervously pointed to the message which read, Arrive safely, but it sure is hot down here. <laughs> say you should always know the answer to a question before you ask a question to kids. A teacher, a Sunday school teacher, asked the children in her class one day, if I sold my house and my car had a big garage sale and gave all the money to the church, would I get into heaven? No, the children all answered. If I cleaned the church every day, mowed the yard and kept everything neat and tidy, would I get into heaven? Again, the answer was no. Well, she continued, then how into heaven. In the back of the room, a five year old boy shouted out, You gotta be dead! <laughs> Mark that
1: off. In the <laughs> a merry
0: heart and with good luck of medicine. Too many times, we don't live happy. Too often, we allow the weight of the world to affect the way we live our lives. We let things weigh us down and we let just the most little bitty things change our attitude and change our mood. And so, every Every molehill becomes a mountain. Every door becomes a locked gate. Life is too short not to be happy. Life is too short not to take the advice of God. God says here, live a joyous life. Laugh, live, love, do all these things. He says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. There were two Jewish gentlemen, long-time friends, who were very upset, and they happened to meet each other. And notice that the other seemed depressed, and one guy says, What's wrong? Said, There's terrible trouble in my family. Said, the first guy said, Well, he sent my son to Israel so he would come home a better Jew, and believe it or not, he became home a Christian. It's funny you should mention that, the second man said. Exactly the same thing happened to me. I sent my son to Israel to so become a better Jew and he too came home a Christian. So they both decided that they needed to seek the advice of the rabbi. They needed to know what they could do. So they went and told the rabbi what had happened in their families. And it's funny that you should mention that the rabbi said... Because exactly the same thing happened in our family. I sent my oldest son to Israel and hoped that he'd become a better Jew, and believe it or not, he also became a home Christian. So at that time, the three men fell to their knees before God with tears streaming down their face and said, To God the Father. Each of them said their story, and they heard a voice from heaven say, It's funny that you should mention that. Jesus was Jewish? Wait, <laughs> Johnny was coming home from church one Sunday with his mother. And his mother knows he had a very serious look on his face. This could be shallow. Honestly. In the back seat of the car, just... She said, what's on your mind, Johnny? He said, is it true what the preacher said, that we all come from dust and we'll go back to dust? Well, yes, Johnny, it is, she said. Well, why do you ask? He said, well... When we get home, you better look under my bed because Someone's either coming or
1: going.
0: <laughs> One balmy day in the South Pacific, a Navy ship hot smoke coming from three huts on an uncharted island. Upon arriving at the shore, they were met by a shipwreck survivor. He said, I'm so glad you're here. I've been alone on this island for five years. And the captain said, if you're alone, why are there three huts? And he said, well... I live in this one, and I go to church in this one, and that's where I usually go to church. <laughs> a married heart do a good like a medicine, but God doesn't stop there. He also says that a, a broken spirit dries up the bones. You know, a negative attitude can damage our health as well as rob us of our peace. If we wake up in the morning and we are negative and we are unhappy and everything in the world is just the worst thing in the world, we don't have a good day. We don't have peace and we don't have health. It's not easy on your health to always be upset and mad and depressed. It's just not easy. It it takes a toll on us. You know, we have two choices in the morning when we get up. We can get up and we can say, thank you, Lord, it's morning. Or we can say, oh, Lord, it's morning. There's the two choices, right? We can wake up with a positive attitude, ready to meet the day and be happy and joyous in the things that we have and the blessings that could come, or we can wake up and decide that this day is already not worth that. I'm going to stay in bed. That's just the way our life works. A merry heart would feel like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. To laugh at ourselves, we have to have that. We have to be able to laugh at ourselves. If we can't laugh at ourselves, we're in trouble. If we can't laugh at the goofy things that we do, we're just in bad shape. There's just something wrong because when we don't laugh at ourselves, we begin to see arrogance and pride coming in. There are those things that we do that we all go, oh, I can't believe they did that. You know, there are things you know that we all do here in church that we can look at each other and go, oh, oh, Carrie, no, oh, Barry. Because we know that's just a Carrie thing or that's a Barry thing, right? We know people. We know how they are. And that becomes funny to us. Not that they're mean or bad. It's just that there is humor in the lives around us. God says here in Proverbs, a broken spirit literally says, dries up the bones. It can suck the life out of an individual. You ever been there? on that kind of person? They're just like a black hole. And when you walk into their house... Are you around them for any length of time? You just feel like the joy that you had is being sucked out? It's just something is is going on. I don't know. This is probably the wrong crowd to talk about the X Men movies. (laughs) Maybe Matt knows. Maybe not. Carrie knows because we watched it just three weeks ago. But there's an X Men character named Rogue. And her power is sucking a lot for some people. And she found it out as a teenage girl in a very sad way. She kissed her boyfriend. (laughs) Took his life force out of it. But that kind of person, it dries up the bones. They just pull out your life force and you walk away going, oh, you may have walked in thinking how beautiful of a day it was and you walk out thinking the world's going to collapse and the ceiling's falling. But then you have the other type of person. I knew a lady once who had every Reason in the world to be upset about. She was homebound. She never got to go anywhere. She sat in her chair all day long. But when you went to her house, you walked away blessed because she looked at everything as a blessing from God. It didn't matter what it was, it was a blessing from God. When we can't smile and laugh with each other freely, we run the risk of drying up. The thing, the thing that scares me about our culture today is we've lost the art of being having humor in anything. We're offended by everything. We're, we're, we're offended by paint colors. We're offended by colors on our skin. We're offended by everything. But if we can't laugh at each other, if we can't smile at each other, if we can't go through these things and find the humor, we run this risk of trying up and becoming people no one wants to be around. We need to learn again to, to smile, even during the sermon. You know, there was one lady, Rankin, that I told her I loved having her in service. And I knew what she was there because she was just this light. Because she would sit there and she would smile and she was taking notes and you knew she was enjoying it. And you had other people who are sitting (laughs) there going. And you're going, are they fixing to throw something at me? I mean, what did I say? We need to learn to smile. We need to laugh at the things in this world. We need to see the humor in our differences. One day, Joe, Bob, and Dave, not Joe, Bob, Joe, Bob, and Dave. We're hiking in a wilderness area when they come upon a large, raging, violent river. They needed to get to the other side but had no idea how to do so. So John prayed to God. Saying, please God, give me the strength to cross the river. Poof! God gave him great big arms and strong legs and able to swim across the river in about two hours, although he almost drowned a couple of times. Seeing this, Dave prayed to God, saying, please God, give me the strength and the tools to cross the river. So, poof! God gave him a rowboat, and he was able to cross the river, even though he did almost capsize the boat a couple of times. Bob had seen how this worked out for the other two, so he prayed to God, saying, God, please give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross this river, and poof! God turned him into a woman as you looked at the map and hiked upstream to the bridge a couple of hundred yards upstream. (laughs) said, hello, is this Pastor Bob? And he said, it is. This is the IRS. Can you help us? I can. Do you know Ted Houlihan? I do. Is he a member of your congregation? Yes, he is. Did he donate $10,000 to the church? He will. A <laughs> <laughs> man was, was driving to work when a truck ran a stop sign and hit his car broadside and knocked him out cold. The Pastor lies pulled him from the wreck and revived him, and he began a terrific struggle, and he had to be tranquilized by the medics because he was just too far gone. Later, when he was calm, they asked him why he had struggled so hard. said, I remember the impact, then nothing. I woke up on a concrete slab in front of a huge flashing shell sign, and someone was standing in front of the S. <laughs> after dying in a car crash three friends go to heaven for orientation they're all asked the same question when you were in your casket friends and family are mourning over you. you'd like to hear them say what would you like to hear them say about you and the first guy says I'd like to hear them say I was one of the great doctors of my time and a great family man the second guy says I would like to hear that he was a wonderful husband a school teacher who made a huge difference in our children tomorrow the last guy thanks a minute, and he replies, I like to hear them say, look, he's moving! <laughs> <laughs> this morning I have one question for you. Are you taking your medicine? You know, God prescribes this in his word. A merry heart and a a lack of medicine. Are you taking your medicine? Are you doing the things that God has called you to do in order to keep your heart joyful? Are you focused on him? It's not hard to obtain it's not even really that hard to do. It's as simple as seeing the humor and happiness to be found in everyday life. A first grader was sitting in class with the teacher and she was reading the story of the three little pigs. And she came to the part of the story where the first pig was trying to acquire building materials for his home. And she said, and so the pig went up to the man with a wheelbarrow full of straw and said, Pardon me, sir, but might I have some of that straw to build my house with? And the teacher asked a very important question to the class. What do you think that man said? And the boy raised his hand and said, "I know, I know. Holy smoke! a talking pig." <laughs> Why did God create man before woman? He didn't need any advice. <laughs> I have to do one. There, see there. You go. I have to do one on the next side. Look. A funeral service was being held in a small town funeral parlor for a woman who had just passed away. And at the end of the service, the pallbearers had carried the casket out. And when they accidentally bumped into a wall and shook the casket, and here a faint they opened the casket and found out the woman was still alive. For 10 more years, she lives. The woman enjoyed good health, and then she just suddenly died. Again, a ceremony is held in the same funeral parlor. At the end of the ceremony, the pallbearers are again carrying the casket out, and as they make their way toward that door, the husband cries out, Watch out
1: for the wall! <laughs>
0: <laughs> a merry heart with good luck of medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Today, let me encourage you to take the medicine prescribed to you. Don't let any more days go by by living in the status quo of life. Relax, smile, laugh, enjoy life, and enjoy God. A merry heart is medicine for the soul and the body. Healing can be brought emotionally, spiritually, physically if we start having a merry heart.
1: Are you living a happy
0: life today? Are you willing to begin smiling more and frowning less? I mean, I've always heard that it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. I love songs where we have to say Jesus because you can't say Jesus and frown. The very act of saying the word makes you smile because it makes your... mm -hmm. Are you willing to toss away negativity and embrace positivity? God's prescription is easy. There are only two things you need. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the antibiotic of the spirit. And sin is the infection. We are all infected with sin. And there's only one cure. There's only one way to get past it, and that's the blood of Jesus. That's the antibiotic of the Spirit. We have to have the blood of Jesus. But the second is the merry heart, and that's the pain reliever of the soul. i laugh a lot. I'm a, I'm a jolly old saint. Put it that way. I, I, I feel those shoes. I like that. Are you going to take your medicine daily? Because if we all will, this church can become a place that outsiders want to be a part of. They want to take part in. And they, and they want some of that. Nobody wants to be a part of the church where everybody's walking around going, Oh, oh it's just my cross to bear. It was, it was just a long, long, hard song. It was so... I woke up this morning and I'm still breathing. I had coffee, which there's a double blessing in that. I had coffee when I woke up. I had some breakfast burritos this morning. There are blessings all around us. And then I get to come to church and we get to worship together. And you can ask Harry. I've been nervous all week. way. This is one of those sermons is not a typical sermon. You know, I didn't come in here and just say, okay, get ready for your toast I came in here with this this idea that we cannot be people who walk around frowning, even in the midst of what's going on in the world. We're supposed to be a beacon of hope, a beacon of life that is different. And if we can't laugh at those things, we were going to find ourselves in just a world of hurt. One of the things that is always, and maybe it's just how I was raised, we, Nurses were scared to come to my mom's hotel, hospital room with me all the time because we were laughing and we were cutting up and I've got a video, probably should not have uploaded, it. it's probably the most disgusting video in the world, but we laughed for hours. She was in the hospital in, what was that, probably six months before she died. She was in the hospital for about a month, her heart stopped twice, and uh, we were in the CCU at Harris Hospital why I got tickled at this, but I did. Her IV, they were giving her some blood or some plasma or something. But it was running low. And so it started to to bubble. It would go, I mean, she was watching it. And I'm sitting here recording that and she's going, what are you doing? Don't you dare post that on Facebook. Don't you put that out there and in the scene. And I was like, okay, my man, we're laughing and laughing. Oh, we're just moving that. And she came home and she, was, she lived another year almost after that. Her heart, her heart stopped twice on the way to the hospital and she lived another year. A merry heart can be good like a medicine. Man, we can't get a better, a, a better message than that from the book of Proverbs. Maybe today you've been carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Maybe today you've just been sitting here going, oh, you know, it's easy to do. I mean, I'm back in my office most days trying to make decisions, and I go, oh, that changed now. How can I make this decision? And it's so easy to get frustrated. And, you know, and I know I feel bad for Cameron, because when you get me and Matt both there in that office, oh, my goodness, it I'll just come by sometime. We have fun. I mean, and, and, and it's easy because we laugh. That's part of what it means to be a believer. We come through the bad times by having good times together. I even believe that uh, God had a sense of humor. There is a story there in the Old Testament where they have stolen the Ark of the Covenant and put it near the idol Dagon. Dagon. And every day they come in, and God has knocked over that idol at the foot of the ark, bowing down to the ark of God. Now that's funny. Now most people are looking at that going, "Oh, that's such symbolic." That's funny to me. He has knocked that down. Your God ain't nothing but a piece of metal. <laughs> that, that makes me laugh because God has a sense of humor. If you don't, if you, if you don't think He does, try to make your own plans. Woo. Because God will change those. Maybe today you've been struggling with the weight of the world. It's time to let it go. A merry heart will do it good like a mess. Don't let your bones dry up being negative. Because being negative that has no place in the life of a believer. Negativity needs to go. Maybe this morning you want to pray, I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to surrender to missions or ministry. Maybe, maybe this, this made you want to know Jesus. Man, there's no better place to be than in the love of the relationship with Jesus. Wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. Pray, Father God, we come to You right now and we thank You. And we praise You for Your blessings.